Hey, good morning, Twins fans. Derek Wetmore from the Score North Twin Show. I wanted to share with you this special interview. I won't waste a ton of time with the preamble. I just wanted to preface with this was a fun conversation I had with Jake Odorizzi in the first couple days of Twin Spring training. I was saving it for the weekend. A deep dive on how Jake thinks about pitching and some of the new tools he and the twins are using to help keep him at an all-star level. If you're not into the nitty-gritty pitching mechanics, there's still some things for you, but honestly, maybe this interview isn't for you, and we'll have more twin shows coming up this week. But if you like pitching mechanics and you like learning things that you didn't know before from experts in their field, this one's a special treat. I really enjoy the conversation. I hope you will, too. Welcome back to the Score North Twin Show. Derek Wetmore sitting down in the Fort Myers dugout with Jake Odorizzi. Jake, thanks for joining the show. Absolutely. We've got a beautiful day to talk some baseball. It is a magnificent day in Fort Myers, Florida here. Twin spring training underway. Pitchers and catchers have reported. Uh, Jake, you are coming off a really strong season and now back with the Twins. What are you looking forward to in 2020? I think just a lot of the you know, repeating what we did in 19. We, we've kept you know, pretty much our entire lineup together, um, and we've added you know, Josh Donaldson, which is a huge add to any team's lineup, especially one that was as uh, impactful as ours was last year. So uh, we've managed to make that on paper better, which is you know, tough to do coming off of such a historic year. And we've also done a lot on the pitching side, um, got a lot of veteran guys that are familiar with winning they know what it takes to be on winning teams the mentalities that it brings and just the work that needs to go into it so we we have a good a good mix of some new guys but it's guys that have been there and they've done that it's not a you know um an up-and-comer or whatever it may be which there's absolutely nothing wrong with it's just i think the the mindset this year is the winning mindset of win now we need guys that have been proven winners over their careers and we've we've uh done a good job of getting those guys here how about you, man? Because you have experienced some changes throughout your career, and I look at your numbers last season, probably your strongest that you've had so far. What allowed you to have that success and sort of take that step forward in your career? So the the, the offseason work is the most important as a pitcher, and um, it's been well documented now that I've worked at the Florida Baseball Ranch with Randy Sullivan, um, and we've done a lot of great things and just kind of tapping back into – how I thought I should be throwing and you get out of whack over years um you know you have to you create bad habits and it's it's hard to break so we just kind of uh, tore it down after 18 and got back on a different program some more mobility stuff being a little more flexible um different little weighted ball program different throwing program just kind of getting back to the basics but then getting back to the basics of me as well so it was it was a combination of a lot of things and it was a busy offseason it took the entire offseason to finally you know get back in that form and that groove and you know last year it really showed and I was able to maintain that all through a you know a crappy stretch in July I think is what it was but you know it was uh, it was a great year physically how I felt and I just felt like the consistency was there from outing to out and I think it ended up showing um, throughout the entire year. So I went back and I did that again this offseason. So it was more of a, a building on what we did last year as opposed to a rebuild. So we kind of had a higher starting point and got in a little more in-depth with uh, our routine and uh, doing a few tweaks here and there and trying to get a little more output out of my lower half. So that was kind of our emphasis this offseason. 
Uh, if memory serves, uh, you're the Twins' starting pitcher, strikeout rate leader since you joined the team. I think that's right. And you just said there, you made mention of getting back to you. When you say getting back to you, are you talking, you know, fastball, curveball, the changeup that runs a little on lefties? What what does it mean to you, Jake, when you say you want to get back to you? I think getting back to me was the consistency of being able to throw everything for strikes. Um, my last year in Tampa, my first year in Minnesota, I was still fighting mechanics a little bit, and it's just a little bit out of whack. Physically, I felt fine, but when you're, you know, mechanically there's just something that's missing or you're searching for something um, or in, you're stuck in a rut of a, a bad mechanical habit, you you know that you are, but the getting out of it is the tough part. And it's not just like it's a fix on one day and you're good for the rest of the season. It, it takes you know weeks, sometimes a month to get back, retrain your body and all that sort of stuff. But when I was, you know, early on in my career in Tampa, when I was, you know, at my best at the time, I, I was throwing strikes. I was not walking a lot of people. I was being able to pretty much, you know, command the strike zone well. Obviously, the walks they happen, blah blah blah. But it's it was just the consistency of pitch shape, the consistency of release point, uh, mechanical uh, mechanical adjustments, where not spinning off the balls, not being too rotational, being more streamline and bilateral so you know point a to point b getting there as efficiently as possible instead of coming around pitches spinning off balls balls were doing different things so that was the habits of i was trying to break and get back to the consistency of location wise everything's online staying in the strike zone pitch shape off-speed pitches are consistently having the same break maybe the location's not the best from time to time which nobody ever is but you want the pitch shape to be consistent so you know what it's going to do and I think that was the most important thing last year is consistent wise you know my off-speed pitches did what they were supposed to do just about every time it's just a matter of execution when it boils down to that when you talk about point A to point B and being as efficient as possible, I'm picturing in my head like an arrow that's pointing in one way, you know, from the mound to home plate. Is there something you use as a visual cue or, or something you're trying to think about when you are in there uh, just ready to deliver the ball? I'm just trying to keep my, my upper half as closed off as possible while allowing my lower half to do what it needs to do. So that's where the flexibility aspect of all my training has come in. The longer you can keep your upper half closed, off the better direction your lower half goes so if you're squared off i want to keep my shoulders facing third base as long as i can but i want my lower half to be able to open up without moving my upper half so it's creating a rubber band effect of i'm creating tension on my lower side but i'm also going the opposite direction with my upper half by not moving it just keeping it in place so i have all that energy built up and then my lower half hits upper half still close off and that's when you take all that force and your legs are already down so you have the direction to just rotate in your hips and your pelvic area to go straight to the plate as opposed to coming around your your hips you can you know rotate over yourself as opposed to rotate around yourself if that makes any sense of a listener purpose i know visually it's be much easier to show but that's essentially what i'm trying to do by being bilaterally and going straight to keeping that straight line from front shoulder to catcher as long as I can before it's time to go through the throwing motion. 
okay, as a layman, because I am not a pitcher in the major leagues, I, I know my look might sometimes have you confused by that, but when you're talking about coming around your hips rather than over your hips, what I'm picturing, correct me if I'm wrong here, is like throwing with your arm. You know, I'm, I'm picturing a side armor and who's just kind of standing there, legs locked, and just throwing it like you'd be... Uh, skipping rocks versus as a as a major league pitcher you are trying to build up all that power and almost it's like use your legs for the power and then it's slingshotting over to the plate is that is that on the right track maybe from an arm throwing arm standpoint the the point of around i think is more of a front shoulder front elbow term so when we're closed off you know everything's there and you have to get from a throwing position to you know, you you have to bring your front arm, clear your pass, so your back arm can th- come through. And a lot of guys with opening up, they take their shoulder and they open up with their arm, mm-hmm. as and then that clears everything for here. But the move you want to do is tuck that so you can get over your front side, and that's where having that mobility in your your T spine, your hips, your 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 abdominals that's where that all comes into so the more flexible you are in that area the more it allows you to come over the top and get everything as true as possible as opposed to opening up because the second your front shoulder opens up that throws off your line of going to home plate but you're clearing people that open up a little bit early maybe need a little more mobility to be able to stay closed that little bit longer it's not a huge drastic look it's it's very minor and quick when you're really watching in real time but to be able to go from glove to bringing it down you want that down pull as opposed to that outward pull you're tucking as you're saying this you're tucking your left elbow so your glove side elbow you're basically tucking it to your hip and making that sort of a force momentum rather than swinging it outward instead of a two-piece yeah it would be out and then down so you want to go from here to straight down as opposed to open and then down I was talking pitching with Derek Falvey the other day, and he's uh, as pitching obsessed as you are, Jake. You just seem to love the details of it and how you can get better, and not only in your body, but your mind and your approach and all of that stuff. He talks a lot about the lower half and how that can help you deliver a little bit more efficiently. Um, is that something that you've known from even going back to your time with the Brewers and the Rays and now with the Twins? When did that start to click for you that, um, a pitcher's legs are so so important to their outcome on the field. Yeah, the, the old adage was, you know, force comes from the ground up. So if you want to build more strength, you always hear from a weight room standpoint, a pitcher should do twice as much legs as you should upper body because your base is the most important thing when it comes to pitching because that's your stability your balance point your drive your everything you can do so much with your legs that takes stress off your arm so that's the correlation between lower half and pitching is the better your lower half works in an efficient standpoint the more the less stress it takes off of your elbow your shoulder whatever it is because that's your that's your power source you know that's that's where you want to be the most stable so the more stable you are with your lower half especially as a pitcher when you land you don't want any movement from your front side the more stable you are i've i've heard this i don't know like how factual it is how true it is so when you land with your front leg an inch of movement one way other outside inside whatever it may be can affect up to like two miles an hour worth of velocity because of the direction that it is unstable and so the more stable you can make your front leg the better your direction is which is 
what pitching is is direction and force and that gives you you know maybe it's a mile an hour difference but that can make a big difference of uh you know of somebody in general if you can add one or two extra miles an hour just because you're you're strong on your lower half just ask a hitter (laughs) would you rather face 94 96 or you know 96 or 98 so along those lines jake i want to ask you about these force plates that i've seen around twins camp this year they have them for hitters i saw um edgar varela and others going through uh hitting mechanics and hey here's the force that we're reading from this but uh pitcher's force plate is more like it's a mound, and just walk me through this because I've never had experience with this where you're basically – you just throw a bullpen, more or less, and after the pitch, they can say, hey, here's where your force is going. What is it doing, and how is it helping you? So this is something that I've got to learn quite a bit on this offseason. Randy has one at the baseball ranch, so I would be on it twice a week for the entire offseason. So I think it's rough, you know, without – Reassuring. I think I probably spent more time on it than anybody. Um, and that's a huge benefit for me because it, it's it's a tool that is, is such a benefit to a player once you understand what you're looking for because there's a lot of information on there that if you don't have an idea of what you're looking for or where you're looking to improve or how to improve it, it's overwhelming. But... Um, so it's basically a, a AstroTurf mound that has sensors throughout the entire mound, and it tells you the direction of your force. It tells you how much you're putting into the ground, what direction you're putting it into the ground of. If you're going down the mound sooner, if you're pushing back into the rubber, if you're pushing straight into the ground, ideally you want to go straight into the ground and you know create that locking mechanism uh, Excuse me, with your foot. And it shows you when you're going down the mound, at what point your weight transfers. So there's a graph after every pitch, and it has different accesses, uh, axis, like your y-axis, your z, or whatever it is. There's different color, different shape for all of it, and they're all overlap so there's i don't know if they have it here or not i haven't used the one down here but at randy's place there's a video aspect to it as well so it's a straight camera from the side and once the pitch is done it has video it has the graph you can go through your video like toggle through your video and it shows on the graph at what point during that video it is on the graph point so you go to the max point on the graph of this is where i was at my max force into the ground and it shows you the video what that position looks like so it gives you a visual on top of a visual if that makes yeah, you sense get, you get to see yourself yes just the chart yes exactly so when you're looking at oh what did i do right there that might have been different you have all of your videos linked up so you can see the differences between this pitch that pitch whatever it may be and you can make adjustments in between accordingly but it really helps out with off-speed pitches because guys tend to not use their lower half as much on off-speed pitches as they do their fastball. So when you see the difference of your force, your impulse force, when you throw a fastball as opposed to an off-speed pitch, there's you know for the first time on there, guys might see a huge difference. And then merging the gap between those two, it's going to help your off-speed pitches get better because you're getting more out of your lower half and you're going to have more sharpness to your breaking balls. You're going to have... You know, 
everything along the lines of improving off-speed pitches, which is a huge benefit. Yeah, and it sounds like all of that in one, that's pitching. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, Is this the next wave of pitching development and, and training? Like, you are a major league pitcher who is established. Is this uh, the next wave for people you know who are trying to get up? And even if you are up, trying to get better and be the best version of yourself. Is this what's next? Yes, I, well, I, I think so. Um, I, I think it's one of those tools that is handy for every high level. So an elite high school player, a college program, a minor league system like this, and then a major league you know, team is the epitome of what you want because you should understand your body more than anybody else you're at the highest level of the game and it might help you take yourself to that next level just like it helped me get to this point as well so it can help people of all ages but it's one of those tools where you need to be kind of matured physically to use it because it's not a tool for a younger kid it's a very expensive piece of equipment and it's um it's one of those things that it can really help you take yourself to that next level. Maybe you're a guy that's had some injury history. Um, you're looking to iron all that out mechanically, and you have to have somebody that knows the data on top of it. This isn't a home a home thing that you would buy. This is a, you know, somebody has to be able to understand it, help you with it, and make adjustments to it as well. So um, we're fortunate enough to have Wes here who had one at Arkansas as well so he he uh knows it just about as good as anybody so it takes it takes more than just buying it and expecting to be better (laughs) yeah slightly more to it than that uh Jake the question everybody comes to spring training uh thinking about maybe ready to ask and or answer depending on which side of the fence you're on 2020 Minnesota Twins uh, you can go team-wide or personal. What are your goals for this upcoming season with a with a really great club that you guys have here on paper? I think personal goals as pitching, uh, as pitchers, is, is tough to really quantify. I think your, your goals should be to stay healthy. That's the f- goal first and foremost. If you're not healthy, you can't perform and help the team in any fashion. So my goal is always to stay healthy, make every start, and limit walks. That's something that I think is you know controllable by me um a lot of the other stuff is is you know it's like surface just on the surface it looks good and it's sexy like strikeouts and um wins and all that other type of stuff that you always see publicized like that's not the important stuff i i feel like if i'm healthy make every start and limit my walks all the peripheral surface stats are going to take care of themselves so i just want to go out and pitch and do my part every time i I can do something but um as a team i I think last year should be a barometer of what we we should try to strive for and expect each year is different obviously you know health-wise for a lot of teams and whatever it may be but 101 wins um that that's a pretty special season last year so I, i i don't think I, I want people to understand that if you don't win 101 games, it doesn't necessarily mean it's not a bad season. Just because you did it once doesn't mean you're going to do it again the next year. And we might win more, we might win less, whatever it is. But being um, graded off of a previous season with a new team, a new new players, I think you know people need to have that little bit of 
not knowledge, but like a little bit of leeway room of, you know, we can still be a really good team. We can still win a division. We can do a lot of things, even if we don't win 101 games. So um, obviously the goal is to, to exceed what you did last year, but our main focus is to win a division, get back in the postseason, and then once you're there, you know, everything's fair game after that. So we don't need to overdo it. We just need to focus on getting back because it's not a guarantee that you will be back. And I think everybody got that that taste of the postseason and how special it is, and we're fortunate to have a lot of those guys back. And I think as a community in general, it was a really exciting year for Twins fans in general. And if we can get back to the postseason and they can experience that again, I think everybody would sign up for that regardless of however many wins it's going to take to get there. Twins all-star pitcher Jake Odorizzi. Jake, thanks so much for your time. Absolutely. Let's have a great day today, huh? Hey, Scornorth listeners, it's Phil Mackey here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company, which is here to give business owners that peace of mind that you need when you've built a company with your blood, your sweat, your tears, maybe not your blood, but whatever, like you built a company and you want your insurance team to be ready with a game plan that helps you recover if needed, recover smoothly so you can get on with running your business. Federated has a century of experience in helping business owners. You can find out more about the industries Federated protects at their website, federatedinsurance.com. And remember, Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours. Planning to buy a new boat this year? Glenn Perkins here for my friends at Nelson Marine. The Nelson Marine difference is about customer service and a knowledgeable team of sales and service pros. Two large showrooms filled with an impressive inventory of the best brands in the business. London Crestliner Fishing Boats, South Bay Pontoons, powered by Yamaha, Suzuki, Mercury, and Evinrude. Nelson Marine has been creating happy customers for 75 years. Visit their showroom on Highway 61 in White Bear Lake online at nelsonmarine.biz. 